Welcome back. Today is really exciting because I'm joined by Prab Simran Saini, one of our registered dietitians at the Good Life Dietitian team. Prob is the blood sugar expert. She is so knowledgeable in this area, and she's built a wonderful practice that helps patients with polycystic ovary syndrome, with prediabetes, type 2 diabetes, and gestational diabetes control their sugars through diet and lifestyle. Prob completed her undergraduate degree in nutrition and a Master of Health Science degree in nutrition communication and also works at the Diabetes Education Center at McKenzie Health. Today, Prob and I are going to chat all about blood sugars, how to know if they're too low or too high, its health implications, what you can do to control your blood sugar levels, different monitoring tools, and she's going to give you practical tips that you can get started to control your sugars today. Prob, welcome back to the podcast and feel free to say hey to the audience. Hi, everyone. I'm back. She's back. (laughs) Hi, everyone. I'm back. Can you share with our audience one win of the week? So what has been a high point for you in the past week? Yeah, for sure. I had to think about this one, but honestly, I feel like life gets so busy sometimes with like work and then private practice and all these side projects. And I feel sometimes very depleted. So I've made it my resolution almost kind of to have fun every weekend, like to do one thing that's fun and enjoy that with someone I don't get to spend that much time with. So this weekend I went skiing. It wasn't the best snow. I felt quite a bit. My muscles are sore, but hey, it rejuvenated me for the week. So that was fun. I love that. Sometimes it's just breaking breaking out of your routine, right? Through small and big ways. Yeah, 100%. It just uplifts your mood, especially. I know that we haven't had such bad weather, but still it gets gloomy. So it just makes me feel worth living the winter's. So I know you've been on here before, but for those who didn't tune in last time, tell our audience a little bit more about yourself and how your passion and interest got started. Yeah, for sure. So when I was becoming a dietitian, I really didn't know I wanted to be a dietitian because it's like crisis during undergrad, right? Right out of high school, you go into university because I was told to do that. And I didn't really get that much exposure of dietitian. Uh, work life. And even during undergrad, I would do more side projects or more volunteering and work in like business and industry and technology. But what I really found love was the intersection of healthcare and technology. I just such a big fan of technology, making healthcare simple, more accessible, improving health outcomes, allowing patients to be able to manage their own health. And then when I was doing my rotation, so we had to do a placement in diet, well, I had to do a placement in diabetes. And when I was doing my placement, I didn't really think much about diabetes. I'm like, whatever. But it's such a big world where health technology is making such big moves. And I fell in love with that. And continuous glucose monitors are such a big name. And I know that we might get into it later. So I'm going to keep it for later. Um, But when I was doing my placement, diabetes placements, a few things came into my realization. One, I love talking. So Trista, you can keep me here all day if you want to. But I do enjoy counseling. I love educating. I love building connections and seeing people get better. I realized I really like chronic disease because diet plays such a tangible role. And you can actually see the impact of like diet instantly, especially on blood sugars. And I'll be getting more into that later on. And it just allows so much gratification as a dietitian. Like, wow, I'm making a difference and I can actually measure this. 
Third, I just realized I love blood sugars because they play such a big role in your health and diet actually plays a big role in influencing them. And I found that it was kind of my gateway into health tech later on in life. And I felt that having that patient experience is so valuable that I can take forward with me. For sure. Thank you for sharing. And I love that we live in a day and age where we can leverage these different tools. And there's so much innovation we'll jump into later as well that empowers individuals and practitioners to ultimately improve health outcomes. So can you set the scene for us for listeners who may be completely new to blood sugars? What are they? Should they be high? Should they be low? Yeah, honestly, blood sugars, I highly preach them as like your sixth vital sense. I said what I said. I'm going to stick with it. Honestly, that's going to be my like slogan for my life. But I'm going to break it down very simply. When we eat food, some foods into your body will turn into sugar, right? It's like the fuel, the energy we need. And some foods don't. And in medical terms, we call this glucose. So blood sugars are referred to glucose. And your body's really smart. Even if we don't eat anything for a long period of time, your body has stored sugar that it will release to give you energy. And your brain only uses blood sugars. It doesn't use any other source of energy. So they're very, very important. Now, the body will try to regulate your sugars and keep them in a strict target of about four to seven millimoles per liter. If anyone's American here, you guys use a different unit, um, milligrams over deciliters, I think it is. I'm not going to convert, so don't ask me. Um, But yeah, blood sugars are very important because they determine a lot of things. Now, don't get me wrong. Your blood sugars are going to rise when we eat. So to answer your question, if they should be high or low, usually when we eat, that blood sugar will rise. But the body works very hard to regulate it and bring it back into target. So we don't want them to be too high or too low for a long time. We want them to be in that optimal target range. That's when our body's the happiest. Mm, Okay. And what are some signs and symptoms that someone's blood sugars may be too low, too high? And what are the health implications of that? For sure. Mm -hmm. So I would say that on a day-to-day, high and low blood sugars will commonly affect like your energy, affect your mood. But over time, if they're consistently high, you may see certain symptoms. I'll start with like hot. I'll start with actually low blood sugars. Because from high blood sugars, I'll branch on to the implications long term. But with low blood sugars, it's not really a common physiological state. Like your body does not like to be low. That's when it will start to release that stored energy, that stored sugars. You're usually only at risk for lows consistently if you're on medications like insulin or other oral medications that kind of uh, promote your body to produce more insulin that can lead you to a low. But some common symptoms are like feeling hungry, right? That makes a lot of sense because you haven't eaten for a long time. So your body's like, feed me. Mm-hmm. Feeling dizzy. Uh, you might feel like really anxious and irritable. You might be sweating and just feeling really tired overall. So that's really low blood sugars. And then high blood sugars, consistently over time, you might, a common thing you might see is weight loss. Because what's going on is that your body, the sugars might be high in the blood, but your body thinks that you're not really having any energy, right? Because that sugar is not getting into the muscles and cells. And it's going to start breaking more sugar, storage sugar in your body to release. So that's why you might see weight loss happen as a reason. You might feel more thirsty, have a dry mouth, You might need to pee more often, feeling very tired, 
blurry vision, but that's really in extreme cases. Those can be symptoms of high blood sugars. Yes, it can get problematic. Okay. As I mentioned, again, if you're eating something and you know it's going to spike your blood sugar is very different than you consistently having higher blood sugars. Your body really likes to regulate your sugars, but for some reasons, such as factors you don't control, such as genetic or age, or factors you do control, like your diet and lifestyle may not be optimal, and sugars can go out of range. But over time, if it's consistently high, it can increase your risk of developing diseases, such as heart disease or diabetes, can cause high blood pressure, and can also affect the kidney. But it honestly can also cause like mood changes, hormonal changes, right? As we know, polycystic ovarian syndrome is because of insulin, some kind of underlying insulin resistance. So yes, for high blood sugars, we do want to be worried because over time they can cause a lot of issues. Absolutely. So there's a lot of long-term and short-term implications. So when it comes to short-term monitoring, if we want to take a very proactive or um, a close look in like different management approaches, let's talk about continuing glucose monitor. So for those who are listening who may not know what a CGM is, it's a device that's used for monitoring blood sugars on a continual basis. So Prob, I'm curious, do you use this in your practice with patients? Why or why not? Yeah, I love CGM. Honestly, I should be their brand ambassador. I will encourage everyone, diabetes, no diabetes, just the average man walking down the road, wear your CGM. I want to use this a lot more than I do in my practice, but there is a barrier and that's cost and coverage. Oftentimes, mostly type 1 diabetes patients will have coverage to um, CGM more than type 2 would. So that's why some people may not go on it, but we try to give samples when we can, especially if someone's more motivated to, you know, they want to take care of their health, they want to get their blood sugars in range. I highly recommend a CGM. And even if you're going to just get one sample, just trial it out because you're going to learn so much about your body. Okay. I know that we're not used to being tracked all the time, but honestly, if you were an Apple watch, if you were some kind of smartwatch, even if you have your phone on you, it's tracking you, tracking your sleeve, tracking your steps is just another kind of tracker where you learn so much about, oh my God, I didn't sleep well tonight. Maybe that's why my sugar is low or high or wait, I just ate a donut and my sugar went up. Or you know what? I'm not eating day to day. So that's how my sugar is fluctuating. Or I worked out and my sugar changed. Like you learn so much more than we can ever tell you as practitioners. And I think that's what the direction we're moving in personalized medicine and CGMs allow us to do that. Yes, absolutely. And with personalized lifestyle medicine, it is so cool because yes, we have our clinical practice guidelines, we have our best practices, we have our knowledge as dietitians, but ultimately like, and we've talked about this so many times, Prob, I feel like you and I, blood sugars and factors that impact them look so differently in every single person, right? So I may exercise for 20 minutes And how that exercise impacts my blood sugars may be different from how exercise impacts the next person's. I know, and I love that you say that, Trista, because it really frustrates me. Sometimes we practice very old school. We tell everybody the same thing, like eat this, don't eat that or whatever. But you know what? If you and I were eating the same meal, like let's say, I don't know, we were having like a sandwich with like a multi-grain bread with your lettuce, with Mm -hmm. tomatoes and some protein in there. 
I could actually still spike. My sugars can go very high and you may not spike at all. Or we can have a donut and we both may not spike. So it really helps you to understand what foods work for you and don't work for you. Yeah. And we get more precise. A common criticism that I do hear or concern around CGMs are just some fear around users getting too fixated on the numbers, right? So compulsively checking your blood sugars, maybe spiraling when there's a little bit of a slight increase in the blood sugars. So what are your thoughts on this and how do you navigate this with patients? It's like a new tool they're wearing, right? It's a new device on them. In the beginning, yes. They're more like they're excited. They're learning what's going on in their body. And when sugars go too high or too low, they can get nervous. I've worn one myself, so I'm guilty of this too. I'll be checking my phone every minute. But I think it's really about reframing the mindset. And that's where if they're like if their doctor gave it to them or a dietitian gave it or their diabetes educator, that's where they come in to help reframe their mindset. This is a tool, right? You don't check your blood pressure every minute of the day. You're not going to look at this every minute of the day. And even if your sugars are going high and low, we're not so fixated on a number. That's the whole point of a CGM. We're looking at pattern management. So overall in the day, was your sugar in target range? That's what we're looking at. Um, So it is a bit of reframing their mindset, seeing this more as a tool, seeing it in a more positive light that it's going to help them to improve their health goals and get uh, to where they want to be instead of seeing it something that's kind of annoying and actually stressing them out. For sure. So what I'm hearing is that as a provider, it's all about how we communicate it, right? How we set that relationship from the start with the patients as we're introducing this tool. And sorry, just to add on, yeah, like encouraging that self-management, right? Like you're in the driver's seat. What do you do when you see these numbers? And the good thing about CGMs and you you can set alarms. They Mm -hmm. don't have to be constantly in your face all the time. If you leave it, you let it go. It's real-time tracking your sugars and if it's high or low you can customize those alarms and they can go off and that's when you can review hey what did i do what caused this amazing so there's automations and safeguards in place to help reduce that risk of overchecking as well which is super cool let's talk diet so we've set the scene with blood sugars one common concern i hear is carbs 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 right we both work with patients with pcos you've worked with diabetes are carbs harmful You asked a million dollar question. (laughs) Um, Whenever I get a new diagnosis, Trista, I swear the first thing they say is I'm going to stop eating carbs. I'm just like, hold your horses now. How realistic really is this? Let me break it down to you. What are carbs? So yes, carbs are primarily foods that break down into sugar. That's why they get that negative limelight. But they're the body's first source of energy. Like we need carbs. We need energy. The simplest way I like to explain it is that there's different types of carbs. So more than being hyper fixated on, oh my gosh, carbs, let's step back and be like, okay, what type of carb am I going to have? And how much of it am I going to have in relation to foods that don't turn into sugar? So those are the two things I like to focus on. Yes, we always do recommend try to go more high fiber carbs like whole grains, lentils, legumes, beans. Um, However, I do work with very culturally diverse patients and sometimes that's not possible. Like being South Asian, basmati rice, we live and breathe off of that, right? Or I have a lot of Chinese patients and they love their jasmine rice or my Eastern Europeans love their white bread. So I don't get so hyper fixated if they're not having the most fiber in that carb. But I'm like, hey, can we tackle portions? 
can we follow the healthy plate model? If you guys haven't seen the new Candace food guide, I highly recommend take a look at it. In that place, the grains and starch are kind of cut down into one fourth. So I usually say, can we go one fourth or one third, depending on their needs? Some might need, need more than others. And then can we try to increase, like add more to your plate? Can we add more vegetables? Can we add more protein? That's going to balance that blood sugar, not going to cause it to spike as much if you just had that carb on its own, right? That fiber is what we're looking for because it's going to slow down your digestion. It's going to slow down that blood sugar rise. So the most important note I have is that carbs or foods that turn into sugar are not bad for you, okay? What we're trying to focus on is one, the type of carb, and the second is can we balance that carb with other foods that don't turn into sugar? Thank you. That's amazing and such helpful information. And just to reiterate, right, because I think it's super important takeaways for the listeners who are curious about carbs. Remember that one, the type of carb matters, and two, how we balance that carb with other foods also matter. Just reiterating that. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that what people don't understand is carbs give us energy, right? That's Mm -hmm. if I were to break it down. And unfortunately, in the modern day in life we do live in, we just don't expend that much energy on a day to day. So someone who's an athlete versus someone who's sedentary, the carb needs are a lot different. That's why if we look at new guidelines or look at new healthy plate models, the carb portion has cut down a bit. We just don't need that much because we're just not moving that much, unfortunately. I don't know about you, Trista. I just sit on my bum all day. So (laughs) um, a lot of the energy I don't expend. And that's why it's so important, again, to balance that out with other nutrients you need. And another thing that I'm just going to add in is that we always want to focus on moderation. Excessive anything is bad. If you and I were going to eat vegetables all day, salads or cooked veg, great. I mean, I'll get lots of fiber, I'll get my nutrients, but I'm missing on a lot of nutrition that I'm going to get from my protein and my carbs. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. It's not okay to just go all in on one thing. That's why moderation is so important and excessive anything is likely not going to serve you in the best way. Absolutely. And I think that's so important to remember that moderation and variety piece when we live in a day and age where going all in is what sticks and that's what goes viral, right? So it's just bringing our listeners back to those basics, plate model, variety, moderation, balance, right? I know when sometimes it's not the sexiest thing, but it's the best thing to do. (laughs) My clients will look at me like, what? that's not what I was looking for. I was looking for the keto diet. I was looking for some kind of restriction. And I'm like, no, we're just going to do what we've been doing. Just change things around a little bit. Personalize a little bit and trust the process. And then you'll see that once we stick with it, we're consistent. It works. Well, thank you so much, Prob. That was such a pleasure to chat with you, pick your brain and learn so much around blood sugars. Where can the audience find more about you and the work that you do? Yeah, so definitely Instagram. I'm trying to be more consistent and post. I'll be posting more tips on blood sugars. But my Instagram handle is SouthAsianRD. And I think Trista will also link it. Mm -hmm. And definitely the Good Life Dietitian. I love to work with my clients here and help them achieve optimal blood sugars, help them improve their PCOS and diabetes. So I love to work with you all. Absolutely. I'll be linking Prob's socials and the link to work with her and her one-on-one nutrition coaching programs in the episode show notes. Thank you so much, Prob. We'll see you next time. Awesome. Thanks, Trista. 
If you found today's podcast episode helpful, I would so appreciate if you could like, comment, share, subscribe. This helps with the podcast's growth and helps ensure that I can continue to make this free, valuable, wonderful nutrition content for my lovely audience. Thank you so much. Have a nice day.